Welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. Welcome to another edition of the Redeem Vision podcast. I am your host, Steve Picorni. I'm the founder of Freedom Coaching. We can be found at freedom-coaching.net, where we are bringing the blind sight that we are breaking out those who are enchained by pornography and unchaste behavior. It's an honor to have you here. Just as a reminder, one of our sponsors for this podcast and this work is Halo. It's the number one app for Catholic meditation and prayer. I encourage you to download app to find peace, peace that the world just cannot give, uh, to sleep better, to pray more, to deepen your relationship with God. I think you're gonna find a wealth of value there. If you go to hallow.com forward slash freedom coaching, where you download the app and then you can enter, enter in where you found out about this, uh, which is through, through freedom coaching, um, you're gonna get three months free. And then once you continue with that work, um, you're going to be continue to provide uh, provide for this work um, in getting the word out that's happening here. Second, I encourage you also to 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 like, to subscribe, to sh- ring the bell, and to share this very important work um, in getting this out to the world. Um, and also, if it's on your heart to donate to the work we're doing, um, we are our Freedom Coaching Foundation Incorporated um, allows for nonprofit. Uh, donations to come in. And this allows us to provide for scholarships for those who are in need of it, and also to help to provide uh, content like what you're listening to here and on our other other podcasts, as well as to help get the message out in this most important work. So with that said, since we, since we last met, there was a very important documentary that was released um, to streaming platforms um, it originally came out in November. Um, I was heading on to a healing retreat, so I was not able to go and visit in uh, to see it in theaters. It's now been released, and it's called It's Happening Right Here. And I encourage you, wherever you're at, just jot down that information. And after this podcast, go check it out. Go. Uh, it's, it's a minimal fee for it for a rental, or even you can purchase it. And it really goes and digs deep into the trafficking industry and the fact that this is happening all over the place. And especially the, the focus is on the U.S. market. And that's happening in very luxurious places, places that are very well off. This is going on here. They filmed most of it in 2020 and 2021 um, and allows to... Um, uh, uh, Basically, it rips the mask off this facade. And for anyone, especially those who have children, this is something you're going to want to uh, to to key in on this because it's been said that the technological advancements that we've had have been pushed forward because of the pornography industry. And that industry 
is not interested in mere fun and games, but it's interested in enslavement. And in many cases, it's a literal enslavement. And they've said they've they've said that the market, especially for children, some of the stats I've read, is um, is eight million children per year. Right, these disappearing children, things like that. Those those announcements you sometimes find on your phone that come up. This is something that is uh, to be to be aware of. And the organization behind this is Operation Underground Railroad. You sometimes see it on my my blazer. It's one of the organizations that I support. That we at Freedom Coaching are very friendly toward. Um, and again, part of our work is to help to prevent those people from ever getting in there. Because again, these desires, as we're going to get deep into in this podcast, those desires can, they don't just, they start innocently, but it's not enough and we need something more and more and more. So I encourage you, please check it out, support the work they're doing at Operation Underground Railroad because they are making a difference. And you'll see some of those stories that are highlighted in that documentary. Again, it's called, It's Happening Right Here. And I think uh, you will be profoundly impacted as I've been impacted. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce to you a very special guest, uh, a woman who has become a dear friend of mine, a colleague in this field. Her name is Claudia Perez. um, And we like to say um, Claudia uh, was exposed to pornography very early in this um, made her vulnerable to sexual abuse and to compulsions. Um, this led to overachievement as a coping mechanism, and this eventually developed severe anxiety and a depression disorder. So she went through a process of healing, of integration of her own wounds and, and finding herself and has led her to 20 plus years of work in healing families, teens, and young adults to find meaning and order in their sexuality. And uh, Claudia has years of work in this um, in this field, and I encourage you to look at her full bio uh, wherever that you are listening to this, uh, this podcast. Uh, Claudia lives in Northern Mexico with her husband of 28 years and five children. So without further ado, Claudia Perez, welcome to the Redeemed Vision podcast. Thank you. We actually just marked, uh, celebrated our 29th anniversary. So. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Very, very, very exciting. Did you, um, how'd you celebrate? We went to mass with our children. And then we had, we went and had, um, we didn't go to dinner. We went to for, you know, here in Mexico, our strong meal is at noon. So we went to eat to a very nice restaurant by ourselves. Very important. <laughs> yes. With our children, just like laying, laying down and watching movies and just enjoying what the gifts we've received through our marriage. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Congratulations on that, Claudia. Um, and I, what I'd like to do obviously, for, our, um, for our conversation is to help people to get to know you. And I, and I thank you for, uh, for getting vulnerable, to, to be, be willing to share this. Um, and then we'll get into more of the work that you've done. But So can you take us back? Take us back to, uh, to growing up, right? What, how would you describe your home life growing up? Well, you know, as parents, we do the best we can. Uh, neither, uh, nevertheless, I grew up feeling um, very lonely, very confused all the time, whether I was a good girl or not, um, whether I was loved or not. 
I actually thought I was I I wasn't this I didn't deserve love. I wasn't deserving of love. So I kind of always wanted to be just the perfect uh, little girl, perfect grades, um, perfectly behaved. Just always trying to 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 earn the love that I so much wanted. Um, I think that sums it up. Um, very anxious and just doubting whether I actually belonged in my family or not. I think that's oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, and obviously that's a, that's a very tough place to be in. And, and I, I think um, as anyone who has experienced anything like that, the being is to really question one's identity, right? Who, who am I? And as you know, and as you know, well, or and are entering into, and then by the way, that's the other important I forgot to mention for for all those who are hearing this Claudia very recently in the past uh, six months has joined the freedom coaching team as our female coach uh, on on our team uh, yes she is bilingual uh, coming from Mexico here um, her English is way better than my Spanish so we'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that um, right so um, soy gringo um, and from here <laughs> Right. Uh, as, as we've experienced, and I think we see this in with so many of our clients that when they don't know who they are, when the foundations of our live uh, life get uh, kind of uh, perceived or in real torn asunder, we we're on very shifting, uh, shaky ground here. And when one of those things, as we, we mentioned, I mentioned in the introduction was uh, there was an involvement in pornography. So Take us to that space, if you would. And, and again, we don't we don't celebrate the sin, but again, we want to be real. So, um, so what what age did you get involved? With? What was your how did you how did you how did you find your way into that world? And what was that first experience like for you? You know, before I go into that, I what you say right now, we don't celebrate the sin, but for me, um, it becomes easier to talk about all of this uh, with every time I do it because I have this image in my head that is um, the risen Christ. He, he, he resurrected with his scars. He didn't mm -hmm. erase them, you know? So scars are to be, um, to give glory to, to the Lord. And, and going in the past and just uh, mentioning the story of each and one, each one of us is, is showing these scars that the Lord has uh, healed but the scar is a reminder that 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 there's been victory over death. Okay. So, uh, around the age of six or eight years old, I I don't recall the exact uh, age I had. I was exposed to pornography in the forms of uh, Playboy ma Playboy magazines and uh, mm -hmm. video cassettes. Um. It was in uh, one of my aunt's house, and I think it was just like for a, a few occasions. We didn't have, I mean, I'm talking, this is the 70s, so there wasn't that much exposure, I mean, or that much access to pornography. But these video cassettes were, were enough to, um, to make a deep, deep wound. I, to this day, I still remember some of those images. To this day, I still remember some of those pages I went through and the impact they had was a lasted for decades. 
So I, and this is very important to know nowadays, I, I, I accompany parents and children that have been exposed to pornography and the impact is so severe and the, the it's so early that they have access um, nowadays and the type of pornography is so much worse, so much more graphic, so much more um, 3D, so to speak, that um, I can't even imagine what the impact is going to be in their lives if they don't get help. Mm -hmm. And the urge that I make, the call that I make to parents to protect their children, and parents aren't, I mean, not all of them are aware of, of what big of a danger this is and how how hurtful and how um, destroyful it is, destroying. <laughs> so yeah, around that age. And that, um, I hadn't had any sexual education. All I knew was my bro youngest brother grew in my mom's tummy and I had no idea why. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point, um, I was told that dad put a seed in mommy's tummy and that's it. I knew that, oh, what I was told also was that um, babies came from dad and mom loving each other a lot. So I kind of started developing this confusion of I was, I liked this kid in first grade, I remember, and I was so afraid of being pregnant because I really loved him. <laughs> and now the fun part is that um, what was an innocent, um, you know, being enamored, how do you say it? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Enamored. We'll get enamored. it. At some point, my brain um, connected it with the pornography I saw. Mm. And, and then it started uh, creating sexual fantasies at an age that I don't think it would have been natural to six, seven, seven, nine, eight mm -hmm. year old. So that, and after that, I wasn't that much exposed. I think the the second like big exposure I remember was when I was in my puberty years. Um, cable TV came to town, and there wasn't any restrictions. People weren't aware of this, and I'd sneak in at night and see some movies at my in my in the TV was actually in my brother's in my boy siblings my brother's room. They were younger, so I don't know if they. They were aware of this, but I, I'd sneak into the room and watch uh, some movies. And that was just also just for a few occasions. But again, those images were enough to to get imprinted in my head and, and, and affect me. And to this day, I still remember exactly what I saw. And, okay, and let me I'm let me jump in here. But let me let me jump in. This is this is very important. And and again, I, I obviously the conversation that we're sharing today. This is obviously for not for little ears. So you may want to listen to this when you are uh, when you are by yourself or driving alone or or you've knocked yes. them out with uh, with duct tape and Benadryl. Um, <laughs> that's a side note. That's a secret. Um, so I'm, I'm kidding. Kind. kind I'm a mean. Um, <laughs> Dramamine, yes, exactly. So, um, so I, I want to start off here. You, you mentioned about the the issue of of scars, and I think that's that's a very important point that you you raised here. Scars are a sign of healing. We often mm -hmm. we often hear the I think the mis misstated notion that person's going to be scarred for life. My response to that is thank God if it's actually mm -hmm. scars. Now, if it's wounds. That's a whole nother matter, right? And we on our, especially on the Redeemed Vision podcast, especially in our work with Freedom Coaching, we deal a lot with wounds which are, are stemming from trauma in many cases, right? So those are things 
that need to be worked worked through here. And 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 especially the other point is the yes, you are 100 correct. The the type of pornography from the 70s and even the 80s is not most of the stuff that these children are exposed to. Anyway, and, and, and for those who are unaware, it's anywhere between the ages of eight and 11 years of age. And I have known personally of a six-year-old who was counseling in Claudia, you yourself, which is, um, which is seemingly rare, a six-year-old girl being exposed to those magazines that are yes. being laid around and are present, right? So, um, so and again, and this is a call to parents. You've got to be aware of that. That's, again, the, the, the documentary. For instance, start with that documentary. It's happening right here, as I mentioned at the start of this, to be able to become aware of this. It's not to freak out. You might have that moment to be proactive here. If you give a child a device without being aware of exactly what they are doing on the device, it is giving a gun without shooting license lessons. Really critically important here. Okay. So I wanted, I want to, I want to go back just really quick because this is, this is really important because I, I want to, uh, this may be able to put some dots, connect some dots for others who are hearing this, who have had pornography use and, and, and attachment in their life. Those original magazines, those original videos, Claudia, what was the attraction for you? What was what was the drive factor there? Because the 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 notion that a lot of women that I've heard right um, historically has been ew, they're dirty pictures, right? Ew, it was a different reaction, right? Something was planted there. So, what was the attraction for you? How would you describe that? What a good question. I think first, uh, what drove me was curiosity, not knowing anything mm -hmm. about uh, sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I'm not saying parents should like, um, give all this information about sexuality, but we should plant, um, appropriate, um, sexual education from, from a very, very early age where actually we, we give it sex educations from the womb, whether we're conscious or not, and how we perceive and transmit what we believe about each sex, how we receive each child. So if I connect this to my story also of um, not feeling, not, not having the sense of belonging, not uh, feeling accepted, affirmed, I think um, I, I recall like from the magazines, it was this, this notion of, oh, um, importance. These women in this magazine were giving like the, a whole page you know, and they're so beautiful mm -hmm. and, and yeah, they're naked, but you know, this is what makes them important. Their body, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this um, erotic uh, glow, so to speak. I don't know how to say it, how to explain yeah. it. And then, and then the videos were uh, a bit more of this uh, curiosity. And even though it was the seventies and it wasn't as bad as what we can find today, it still wasn't like, it wasn't even like normal sex, if you know what I mean. So um, again, it, it, the I think the the being the um, el protagonismo. How do you say that? Like, I'm not the, sure. Keep going. Protagonismo, like the first. Actor, if you, you so for all those who are watching this, right? Please put in the comments what the translation you think the translation. We'll play that game. We'll, maybe there'll be a prize. So anyway, the protagonist the maybe. What did the, the protagonist? I think that's what it is. Yeah, the protagonist. The protagonist. All right, I win. I win. I well, get the prize. You're welcome. All right. 
the protagonism of the women being displayed in these videos. Because I don't recall the men. I recall the women. And it was this protagonism, again, it's, you know, and if I link it to my stories, wow, being a woman is important. But it's important in this context of hypersexualization, of usage of the body, and 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 just the body shape as well, you know, and just also I I, I can link it also to the need of, of being loved by by a man. Because some mm. some of these things seemed romantic, you know. I'm mm. I'm being if I put myself in in the place of the woman I'm looking at in the video, it's like, oh, I'm I'm there. I'm being important. I'm being loved, or at least touched by someone who is a man. And I I didn't feel affirmation from either of my parents. So and you mentioned something that's very important, and I I'd like to clear this up. Mm -hmm. whether it's perceived or real right so i'm not gonna pinpoint the like the blame on anyone uh for the brain what happens whether it's real or perceived is real so it's real to that so, person it's real to, uh -huh, to the person so for me i wasn't affirmed i wasn't accepted and i wasn't loved by my parents by either of them I was just this lonely kid who saw other siblings come along who seemed to belong to the family, except for myself. So these women I used to see in the videos were important, were the center of attention, and were touched by others, especially by men. I think I very much longed for my father's embrace. Mercy. Oh, oh. Connection I see there. Yeah, yeah. No, the, those again. These are I like to. I like to. We like to. I like to describe as you know a genuine need, right, for healthy affirmation to be affirmed as a daughter, to be set, uh, to told and received. I am loved for healthy touch. Um, and healthy attention from mm -hmm. father and mother, right? If those genuine needs are not met, we're going to go at some level, on, at some point in our life, we're going to go seeking them in other areas, right? Yeah. And, and like, the, like the notion goes, if uh, nature abhors a vacuum. And it, so, if, so if, if we're not getting that healthy there, we're going to go, as we like to say in our work, we can't find the fresh water, we're going to go looking for the septic tank. And this is this is what met you here. And, and I would just... Also, make the uh, just a clarification so we're we're all on the same page. Pornography isn't sex at all. It's the complete opposite of, of, of what it is, right? And 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 we would say in uh, in in reality and in truth, it is a loving, united, lifelong union of husband and wife in that most intimate act, which is so intimate. It's too intimate ever to be displayed. That it's meant to be for though that couple to enter in, in that moment, right? A sh that shared exp experience that bonds them together and then an explosion from that to potentially bring forth new human life, right? This is a great own gift. Well, yeah. as John yeah. says, uh, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much, it's that it shows too little. There's mm -hmm. no way you can depict by any means what actually happens between a husband and a wife. And, it, and as you said, 
it's not meant to be depicted. It's not meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared only amongst themselves and to the world through, through uh, um, spiritual for, uh, fertility and through kids, through biological fertility. Amen, amen, and then and then also thinking about this, right? If these are the if the uh, counter messages are being programmed by our children, right? This is the next generation, right? How are they perceiving relationships? How are they per perceiving parenting at all? It's a very skewed notion, and 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 then and especially as we say here in the work that we do, the guilt, shame, the self hatred, the lack of identity. This causes a whole a whole gamut of uh, of of problems. So this leads us into the next question that I have for you, or a series of questions. So I say, um, what what met? And you you hit a little bit on this, but I'd like you to see if you can articulate a little more. Uh, so two parts: a what messages did you receive from pornography? You know, and I'm going to leave that open ended, and you can apply it to any areas you'd like. And how did this affect your relationships with peers while you were growing up? Okay. Mm. First of all, first of all, it hypersexuality. It hypersexualities. It made me hypersexual. hypersexuality. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one message was that that it's okay for for just anyone to touch me especially in a sexual way. So that um, that initial exposure to pornography uh, rendered me vulnerable and um, in the form of erotic play um, with a cousin in the same age, um, I suffered sexual abuse. Now, mm. at the moment, I didn't realize it was sexual abuse. I was hypersexualized by and, and aroused but by the videos I had seen. I had all these images in my head and thinking that was romantic. So that would be another message that romanticism has to do with the use of our bodies in the search for pleasure. So uh, pretending, doing pretend play, that's when the, the erotic <clears throat> play came in. And it just it burdened me with, with this huge rock of guilt and sexual confusion, okay? Because when there's erotic play, there's, and even, and there's some, this is something that a lot of people don't know and that a lot of, of um, sexual abuse survivors are afraid to speak of or to acknowledge is that um, since our bodies have um, nerve, have, um, erogenous zones sometimes during sexual abuse we we do feel pleasure and the majority of, of sexual abuse doesn't happen in a violent way most and nowadays even more so most of um i work for um my diocese in the topic of sexual abuse within the church and the statistics at least for my country say that 80 percent of sexual abuse happens without uh, within the family, and of that, um, and about ninety percent, almost I think, um, happens without violence. Okay, hmm. so you're talking about experiences with a where grooming happens, 
Uh, you're talking about experiences uh, such as the one I had, where it's usually it's thought of um, having an element of asymmetry, like it's got to be an older person, an older kid. But a lot of sexual abuse is happening between peers because of pornography. Mm -hmm. And it is it is a, a phenomenon now nowadays. It wasn't in, in the 70s, but I, I had that experience. So this sort of unconscious grooming, because of course, my cousin was also a very hurt person, um, had, mm -hmm. got, had received some types of abuse and a lot of neglect also. Um, so you have this hurt kid just searching for something and hurting another kid as well. And of course, there's also some, some pressure in this experience in this erotic place. So this put a lot more confusion into my person, into my heart, into my, uh, what I perceived as my sexuality with, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't even know what it was. And and as you said, more more of my identity actually, because our identity is sexed. So everything that happens in the sexual realm realm affects our identity. Uh, it brought in vulnerability to other types of sexual abuse, like uh, from other relatives. Um, not violent, never violent, but still, nevertheless, still abused. Mm -hmm. And also some um, sexuality, sexual orientation confusion in my puberty years. And then later on, and I, I, I can explain that if we get to that point and we sure. have time. Yeah. Why, let me, let me, it. let me jump in here. Yeah. Let me, let me jump. Cause I think, I think this is, this is such an important point. We're, we're made, we're, we're made from love. This is the Christian perspective, right? In truth, we are made from love to live in love, to experience love, and to go back from love, back to, right? That's what's, a, that's the journey. That's the Christian journey, right? Everybody has their, there's obviously clearly nuances of that, but that's the overarching picture. Picture In this place where we're supposed to experience love, especially um, from our direct parents and the extended siblings and, 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 and cousins and things like that, there's supposed to be good, healthy, wholesome, uh, uh, experiences that includes touch, that includes words, all those things. It's supposed to be good and, and beautiful, right? We're, we're supposed to experience that. When it's not there, right? When the when the absence is there, or, or should we say the perceived absence that becomes real to us, right? When we're not when not given love, we're going to go seek this out because we're thirsty for love. And God has planted this into us, right? That ache is there, and it's supposed to be the real deal. And so, you know, for you, this is uh, it's it is your journey, certainly. But it's certainly not uncommon. And what we're finding here, and I think this is an important point that I, I want to make that we want to communicate for parents. Um, Claudia is expressing here the the touch that she received, which was was abuse, and and she's identified that very very. And I thank you for for saying that very um, clearly here, because it is if it's not an act of genuine self gift, right? In the appropriate time, in the appropriate way, in a healthy relationship, which for sexual touches is reserved for marriage. That's the way God designed yes. to protect the human persons on many ways. When we don't receive that, right? That colors our world. And, and whereas you were shown, it was, um, the, it was never a violent touch. The messages from current pornography for a vast majority of stuff, because the, this has to do with the dopamine receptors. What was, uh, what was innocent, innocent images goes into the videos now and, and it's not enough. We need more and more, more, more and more and more, especially with the dopamine. 
And we find that this is moving very much into the realm of violence, of rape, of, of, of horrendous things that we don't want to, I, I, I don't want to bring explicitly here on this podcast. And um, those messages though, our children, because there is this perceived hole here that they have in their heart, if it's, if it gives any semblance or they believe the semblance that this is going to get them to be liked because there's the, the a FOMO fear of missing out, uh, going to help me be included and give some semblance of what they think love is, they're going to go for it. And they, and, and the private viewing times, they don't just stay there. So this is where, especially, and again, obviously we're not going into, into graphic detail by any means, this obviously affected into relationships growing up, getting into high school oh, and college and beyond that. So how would you describe that for you? Yeah, and I, you gave me the perfect um, platform to describe it, like an, an increasing, you know, um, like a spiral. Even, mm. as I said, I, wasn't a, I didn't have much access to pornography, but even the fantasies that fueled, because I forgot to say, this after going through this um the first sexual abuse and exposure to pornography i at somewhat at the same time some around the same time i'm not sure what happened first i can't recall um i developed a strong uh, masturbation compulsion now mm -hmm. in the kindergarten years preschoolers it's it's a part of of uh of uh, human development to explore genitals and discover that that um, you can feel pleasure as well as you can feel pleasure tonguing on your hair or you know sucking on your thumb. It's just a, a natural discovery. But once it, I I I believe I had developed it, the compulsion as um as a coping mechanism for anxiety. But then at some point it united with the pornography. And, and as I said, at a very young age, I started having very strong, uh, very clear, explicit sexual fantasies. And these, the same way that a, a person with a compulsion for pornography uh, has to look at ever so darker or stronger or more not, um, and I forgot the word, uh, in, indigna, out of dignity, you know, less human pornography. Against your dignity, against, uh, contrary to human dignity. dignity. Yeah. You know how it, it like with any drug, it, there has to be more, 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 and it gets worse every time. In my head, these fantasies started getting worse with time. So I hit puberty, then I start going out with boys, and this is the only way I know how to receive... Um, any kind of touch, any kind of um, being held, any kind of uh, feeling loved, caressed, you know. So I I developed relationships where a lot of use was there, a lot of sexual use, um, where I was uh, second plate, you know, like some would call them toxic relationships nowadays, but they weren't they were actually nice guys, but they were hurt too. So I, I let myself be used in relationships. I also used boys in my relationships to, and now I know it was just to, to, to get this sense of belonging, of being uh, held, of being embraced, of being 
accepted. But every relationship left me with bigger wounds, with um, depression, with bigger doubts about myself, bigger insecurities. Even though on the outside, I was this overachieving kid, uh, straight A's, leader of the class, uh, multi-talented, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the inside, I felt I was rotting. I was always mm. rotting. Mm. Oh, painful. Very, very painful here. And, and, um, and thank you for, for, for sharing that. And, and I think this is a, 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 just an important takeaway for all of those who are hearing this, especially parents, um, the, the understood appropriate, let's define some terms. We're talking about a, it, it's critical that you give your children a healthy sexual formation. And when we say sexual formation, we don't mean techniques about sexual activity. That's what the world wants to teach. That stuff, by the way, um, of healthy, that's, that's healthy sexual activity within marriage, um, they'll figure it out. Right, God yeah. will help them help them with that, and and there there's there there are there are ways in which when that time comes, right, when the, we're developed, that's not part of that's not education at all. It's something that will steal innocence, and our our purity is our power. So when we say healthy sexual formation, who are you, a male or a female? Two sexes, only two sexes. Who are you in the sight of God? And obviously, developing that relationship, with God, developing their confidence, developing their own um, talents and strengths, and and uh, and especially developing virtue, which is critical. These are much more important things, so that when they, it's the time comes, if they're called to this great vocation, which we call marriage, they're going to be able to bring something, a, a, a myriad, a world of. Uh, of strengths to the table, of value to that, so those relationships can flourish. Anything in these unchaste behaviors will steal that from us. Both, uh, both Claudia and I know this intimately and personally in there, right? And so, obviously, yeah. you you mentioned just uh, of being destroyed inside, and that that pain that that is very much in there, and and toxic relationships that, that are in there. And because we're we're we're, I want to make sure we get in the the full discussion here. What do you, where would you say was the um, hitting for you? What was rock bottom for you? Rock bottom was the last boyfriend before my now husband, um, in which I, I had this huge rock of guilt, as I said, and I and I still carried it with me, and it was bigger by the moment. Um, my compulsion was getting worse. Um, sometimes it it's, it stopped me from studying. It stopped me from doing sports. It 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 was just really uh, dominating my day, my time. And then um, this this boy left. <laughs> <laughs> um, broke up with me in a way that was, he was a nice guy, but I, I was, I had, I had lied to myself. I had fantasized a reality that wasn't there. And, and when we broke up off this, the reality that hit me right in the face is that I am just a thing. I am just, mm. I am just uh, 
someone to try to have sex with and if you don't comply if I don't comply then I'm not lovable mm. that was my rock bottom mm. um I, I went into a depression that no one noticed I I I had um, physical symptoms also, so it just seemed like I was sick. I had a fever and everything, but I think that was like the first time I, I really had a a big, you know, deep in depression. But yeah, that was that was the reality that hit me that I'm just someone to to use, and and when I'm not useful anymore, they're done with me. And and that's and that's what I felt at home too. I'm useful for some things, mm. but not, I'm not lovable just as I am. Yeah. That's a super, uh, super painful place to be. Uh, and this is, again, given the world we live in currently, this is uh, the message that many, many people, I am, I'm valued for what I do, not for who I am. Right. And, and I, I think some other takeaways um, from what you shared, and thank you for being vulnerable here with us, right? Um, the, the phrase we can say, what people want is fantasy, what they need is reality. They need to wake up. That was a place where you you came in here, and the phrase that we've talked uh, offline, especially with in the work that you do with our female clients, right, is, is that notion of feeling that I'm just a body. I'm just here. I'm a stand-in. I'm, I'm a model that can be uh, used for this moment and then discarded here. But every single person on the planet is unique and unrepeatable. And no one wants to be seen as something that is simply used and then, then traded in for a quote-unquote better model. We're not automobiles. We are human beings. And when the law of the gift, what we like to say, gets violated, real people get hurt. And so, Claudia, you were obviously in that space for for a while, can you share briefly what would you say helped bring about your own transformation and freedom, especially from this compulsion, but but also these these toxic relationships? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheater. <laughs> can you be more specific? That's true. How, how did Jesus okay. play this? <laughs> when the good thing yes, is Jesus is the answer, but it's not going to get you through every test, and it's not going to get you through no. every test. So I want to push in here. So, how did Jesus play into all this? Well, the good thing about hitting rock bottom is that that there's no other way to go than up, yeah. and also that I had at least I I kind of knew I had to look for a lifeboat because I was drowning and I I was invited to a lay movement in the church um, Regnum Christi and the first retreat there I I encountered Jesus he I mean what else can I say <laughs> he that was like the first turning point conversion in my life because, well, Christian life is about many conversions, right? So that was like the first one. And it wasn't, it had, it didn't have anything to do with, with um, changing or being someone else. It had to do with realizing that Jesus was real, that, um, that he loved me. And that he wanted to make my dreams come true. So I, I, I started dreaming about 
having a family, about having children. I wanted eight children. <laughs> we have five and one in heaven. He has, he has uh, fulfilled all of the dreams he instilled in my heart. Finding a, a, a man who loved him as well. And I started dreaming about this family that I wanted and, and, and that shaped, that started forming the woman I wanted to be for that family I was dreaming, for that happiness I knew that was accessible to me because of Christ. He let me know that. So then I started this path of formation and conversion and, um, and I had like, um, I, I developed like this idea of, of what kind of man I need for this uh, project. And it was just three basic. I said, okay, I'm not going to be like, like a long list, just that he, that he follows Christ. So, so I'm, all I'm going to expect is that at least he goes to mass on Sundays. Cause it was hard at the moment. I thought I, it was going to be really hard to find a guy who went to mass. Cause I used to dance on the tables. Before that, <laughs> at the bars. <laughs> so I don't think I was going to find uh, someone who was looking to go to mass with me, you know, at that point. <laughs> someone who was hardworking because we needed to have a lot of, we, we were going to have, and that he was open to having uh, a big family, at least open to. Mm -hmm. If we couldn't, then we might adopt, and, you know, all these thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I met him at a church um his parents and my parents were in the couples group and they had this um this luncheon and we met there and i wasn't really attracted to this guy but he mentioned he was a, the only one a bit older than i at the, at the meeting and he mentioned that he had been to a retreat recently and i thought wow there's a guy who goes to retreats so even if it and this is what i really thought this and he knows it even if he's ugly, <laughs> if he asks me out, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked me out. Of course, a month later, I thought he was the handsomest mm. guy in the world and the most attractive. <laughs> and I, at first, I started going to my, back to my, my initial behaviors in relationships because that's all I knew. And here's the other turning point. He stopped me and he said, gone. He, he had gone. He has a whole other story also that you should hear at once of hurt also sexual brokenness also, mm. but he had converted and he, he was coming from that place and he stopped me and he said, I want you for something serious. I want you for life. If you're willing to try out this, this um, being mm. boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, this relationship, um, I'm not going to use you. And that blew me away. For the first time ever, a man let me know that I was valuable just because I was. That I was worth the weight. That I was worth um, cherishing. Mm. I, was, I was worth being pursued. And that was the starting point of my healing from the compulsion. At some point in our in our um, in our dating relationship, I we opened up our wounds 
actually very early on, we were just so both so, so pushed by the spirit, I think, because it's not normal. I don't think it's very common that only one month or two months into dating, you open up all your wounds, right? So it was like, okay, this is what I, this is who I am. This is my story. This is the, what I'm dealing with right now, this compulsion, and it's destroying me. And he vowed to help me out. He helped me out with my, um, my hypersexualized behavior by being chased. Mm -hmm. by, he helped me out with my compulsion by praying the rosary together. Mm -hmm. he, his, cha his chastity healed my unchastity. Mm. Oh, and that's a tagline. That's a t-shirt right there. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. And I love then it. I, and then I started seeing myself in a different light. Awesome. What was, I, mean, I, I have commentary on that. Um, well, actually, here, I'll, I'll, I'll comment here, and then I'll ask a question, a follow-up question. Uh, the, 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 the image that is writing through my head right now is the woman at the well, right? John 4. And, and, and that notion, right? You had been looking, looking for love in so many places in too many faces, right? And the bridegroom comes to meet you, right? Who was, first it's Jesus, right? And, and, and I would say to anyone who is, to all my single brothers and sisters who, who may be hearing this, right? And you're looking for love and, 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 and that, that desire and that pursuit for love is, is a beautiful thing. God has planted it in there, but it's only if it's real love will it satisfy. But you must first be wooed, wooed, wooed by the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, who knows you more than anything, right? Those wounds, like, and I think, Claudia, that's a, a beautiful testimony, right? And again, I, I w please do not just blah, emotionally vomit on your first date, folks, okay? <laughs> Don't do that, okay? Claudia didn't do that. They waited until, oh, month two, then started, okay, we got to get real here. Getting getting spiritually naked here and opening up here um, because we, we the, the possibility of uh, I do forever on this planet was a very became this is this is not just this is not just light talk so we're going to open that up here right and it has to obviously slow slow unveiling and I think you you demonstrated that and and it was the the love of your human by bridegroom right and a man yes. who is striving for possession of himself and I speak this um, let me punch the gentleman in the face you must take the lead must ask out he did like your your husband i would love to meet him like i i've never done that i've never gotten to have it's a chat like, with him. oh I'd you love would him. love him he's like the most boy 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 like you guys in the <laughs> team. and he is it's and it's not that he was and i want to make this clear it wasn't that he didn't have any sexual impulse or attraction for me it's exactly what you said he came from such a broken place mm -hmm. sexual brokenness in his past having gone through his conversion. And he was this man. He wasn't a boy anymore. He was this man mastering himself, integrating his sexuality into his manhood. And that's what led me into the possibility. It was like, it was like the opposite of Adam and Eve. It's like, like me being Eve and saying, wow, this is what I needed. This is reflecting myself into him then i know who i am now i know who i am and since he was already in this relationship with jesus of course it was jesus that was ministering to me through him 
Jesus, and he continues throughout our marriage. We've been through so many things, and Jesus continues to minister to me through him. Mm. And yeah. I, well, I try to be also his human Jesus. I try to be as connected to Jesus as well, because I realized once I encountered theology of the body, I realized what that's what the mystical body of Christ is also in the marriage. In marriage, we are each other's Jesus mystical body, and we are there to love, kiss, and 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 and, and wrap up Jesus's um, wounds, like you know, and. And, and in turn, Jesus ministers us from the cross of this imperfect person. Yes. Through his own body, through his mystical body. I am loving Jesus in my husband. My husband is in my husband. And Jesus is loving me through my husband. But that started, that started in a in a chaste dating relationship. That's where yes. it started. And that's why this opening of the wounds was possible I, I i i only know it now going back at the moment i was i didn't know we were being led through such a beautiful path such a powerfully healing path and also um i want to make a note on how this was re the real intimacy just being mm -hmm. able to open up our hearts and all, all of our wounds that was the real intimacy, not what I had before, not what I had experienced before, that I confused for intimacy. And that's where the lies come. Amen. Okay, so sexual is, is meant to take us to communion, to profound intimacy and in marriage. But when we take it away from marriage, it doesn't lead to intimacy. It, le it leads to hurt. And destruction. And destruction in many ways. And so and, and I, I think... Such such an important thing here, and I want to I want to give you a compliment, uh, Claudia. Thank you for the way in which you are honoring your husband. Right, you're not you're, you're putting him on a pedestal, a, a, but a real realistic pedestal. Right, he has his own wounds. He's not a perfect not a perfect guy. Uh, he has um, but, he has a thousand defects. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But can we see the good in that person, and especially in our marriage? And I think this is you know I'll, I'll speak this to our any anyone listen to this who is um, or seeing this who is who's married yourself, right? And because it, it can be very easy. To, to draw out the negative, especially if we've experienced the brokenness in that relationship, especially if there has been uh, sexual brokenness between the two in the couple there. And in your testament here, and I and thank God you're here and sharing this today, of the, the, the power of redemption. And, the, and then obviously it's first that Christ, the bridegroom who leads the redemption and, and coming in here. And then it also speaks the language. And again, we don't have too much time to get into this, but, but the power of the sacrament of marriage, of really of being able to, to heal, to, perf to perfect, and to elevate, or heal, elevate, and perfect into very beautiful things. So for the remaining time in the, in the interview, I want, to, I want to draw into this, right? It's usually our, our greatest wounds and our hurts that lead our, our flipping them around, getting those healed, <clears throat> allows us to be wounded healers for others. So you've been doing uh, work in... 20 years. You now have joined this this uh, ragtag band uh, we call Freedom Coaching, right? Um, yes, you might have a mental health defect doing that, but we'll we'll let it slide here, right? Um, can you share 
maybe one or two testimonies again of of especially with women because we want to highlight especially this is where the power of your testimony is um, of women who have, have struggled with pornography or struggled with the unchaste behavior of of working with them. What has that relationship done, and and what transformations have you have? Just one or two small testimonies. What would you say to that? Um, I think one of the main things is how pornography hurts um, a woman's self image. God bless you. See, we're very real on the podcast here. So there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. About that. Um, there's a lot of, um, I mean, I know it hurts men too, self-image, but it puts a woman in a double position of vulnerability because on one part is the body shaming issue. <coughs> like um, not feel, feeling pretty enough, not feeling voluptuous enough, mm, not being sexy enough. And we see this, this, I see this in the workshops I give sometimes at schools, even with very young girls. Um, instead of wanting to be pretty, they want to be sexy. Now pretty is mm -hmm. equalized to being sexy. Hypersexualized behaviors, all of that. And then there's a second vulnerability. The effect on pornography is on how we start to actually see ourselves as objects, as mere objects, um, and, and conceiving relationships as an exchange of what I give as an object and what I might receive as affirmation. A woman's heart is always looking for this affirmation. The way a woman relates in, in, in sexuality is um, to receive, to give love and receive love, to give myself and receive that love. But it, it dissociates. And so now I'm just giving my body and I think I'm receiving love, but I'm not. I think that's like two of the main things i've seen or main um sure i don't know how to how so it's so a very important distinctions re really important and, and that recognition and again i encourage especially our, our our the the young ladies who are listening to this right to be real with oneself to, to go before god to get spiritually naked there to um to bury your heart there um, and see where those where those things may have come up in any of the ways which we may have misused our sexuality um, and and see where those falls into those shall we say those two general camps there realize these things don't just go away we've got to we've got to work through them so from there I want to ask can you share one or two testimonies of of the, the of working with the young lady and seeing after working with you and and and, and going through a process of healing what what's been the what's been the outcome from that? How how is lives how have their lives been changed? Oh my God! Well, there's this one that is just so amazing. There's so many wrong relationships in her past. Searching for this affirmation for I I can actually relate a lot to her story. Um, if searching for this you know affirmation in the wrong place and being hurt and hurt and hurt all over and through the process of freedom coaching, there's been 
so much liberation of of the of the wrong beliefs she came to mm -hmm. to you know to form about herself um from being at the main the main theme is in her trauma history in her in her wounds is i'm just an object to be used and and if i don't comply or if i don't deliver what uh men are expecting from me then mm -hmm. i'm not good enough you know it's always this I must be what I think pornography um, is telling me to be in, in, in to sum it up, you know, like these beliefs about what a woman should be and act like and give in sexual terms in order to be at least likable. And, and there, there was so much hurt from that. And just having a, a complete turnaround into realizing her worth, her just, Oh my God. And just a part of the emotions for women more so we're so much more connected with our emotions and it's part of our daily life. And it's just a big, big part of our human experience. I mean, for men it is as well, but we, we are always thinking about the emotions and talking about emotions. Or, you know, our two brains are much more connected and just realizing that God actually cares about her emotions that Jesus wants to hear them and affirm them and and they're important for for God. That was that was such a beautiful fruit of this process and just mm. you know, I don't know, I'm I'm talking all over the place but I, I wasn't expecting this question as you can tell. But it's just amazing to see the change even in the face. Mm. Even yes. in just the language and this there's another client that Her whole face, her her face used to be so, um, so expressionless, so sad, and now every every time we meet is a big big smile, a big uh, realization of her worth. Um, and then you start seeing also fruits in other areas of their lives. That's been amazing. How really uh, in this work we can see in, free, in, in, in what we do at freedom coaching we're able to testify um how we are really integral beings body and soul and what you do for your body you do for your soul and what you do for your soul you're doing for your body as well so we're working uh with sexual compulsions but the fruits start to grow also towards other areas of their lives and everything starts to connect and to come into order and, and to make sense and to give a, like, a, a purpose for the life and for the relationship with God as well. I don't know, just, I'm sorry, but I could speak of this 10 more minutes. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, it's, amazing. it's beautiful. I don't know if I responded to your question. <laughs> no, you're what, what you're sh sharing here is obviously the, the, this is the fruit that comes when we start to be honest. When we start to show a little bit of humility and realizing I don't have it all together, or as I like to say, I'm not okay, you're not okay, it's okay. Can we talk about this? Can we enter into a safe space to be able to bring this out? And what you, the, the just a little little bit you've shared here, and um, without going into specific details, right? We're seeing literally because the body expresses the person. This yes. is the truth here. Whereas in whereas pornography, unchaste behavior, separate tries to separate the body from the person here in this work, even just establishing healthy relationships begins to reintegrate us, right? Is it a challenging process? Oh, it is a challenging process because we've got to get real. And, that, and, that, and a lot of people, as we said, 
like to stay in the fantasy. But it's when we start to front reality and go to a place where we're going to be heard, we're going to be respected, we're going to be loved. Um, that's very attractive. And and so, Claudia, in the very little bit that I've uh, time that I hear, um, we've begun a very beautiful relationship, right? Professional relationship, and I'm go- I'm grateful for the work that you're doing. Uh, with clients in there. And I'd like to just, I want to, in this section of our our interview, I want to have you answer one final question, right? To those who are are hearing this and wondering, is this really, is this really possible, right? Why, why should I, why should I open this space up? Can I just, can I just go, just ignore this part of my life? Why is living in freedom worth it? What would you say to them? I don't know. Do you want to be happy? <laughs> it's that sums it up for me. Is it's the possibilities? Is the being happy despite anything? Knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. Just knowing who you are. That's. I mean, I. I don't know if it makes sense, but it's. Mm-hmm. I know what it I know what it's like to be enslaved to these compulsions, to these wounds. And and it's all the same at the end. A compulsion feeds up a feeds off a wound, and the wound deepens with the compulsion. It's just such a negative cycle. And I know that when we're there, it seems impossible or even out of the point to even try to get out of there. But I tell you, I was there for 16 years. I suffered much and I just, you don't need to hit rock bottoms like some of us had to, to try and see up above the ground. It's like when you're gonna go up a hill and if mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's full of fog, you know, or there's too many trees, you can't see the, the, the scenery, you can't see the view. But once you start going up the hill, it becomes more clear. And then once you're on top, you can see the whole, the whole view. So why not try it? I mean, if you want to be happy, if you don't, well, you can stay in the the hole. (laughs) I know, and we we like to. But that's what I. That's why I want to help other people to let them know there's hope, that it's possible. If someone that I'm 52 now and I'm letting you, I mean, I'm telling you it's possible if you don't believe an old lady like I, you know, I want to give hope. And there's many of us that have gone through this and with God's help and with our friends, this is a, this is what a coaching relationship is. It's a friend that is walking with you. And Jesus, that's what he invited us to when, and he said, when two, when one, two or more people unite in my name, I'll be there. And this is what we trust in. So we just ask for a, I just ask for a, a leap of faith. A small leap. Amen. Small, small. And guess what? You're going to be met. It's not an empty. It, there's, you're going to be met there in open arms. It's good. It's beautiful. Exactly. So, so Claudia, thank you so much for sharing. 
So now we go on to something very different. And Claudia is a little different from a lot of our coaches, uh, clients here, yeah, uh, clients, uh, different uh, guests here on the Redeem Vision podcast. Um, yes, she's a coach with Freedom Coaching. Um, she also has listened to the end of most of these podcasts. Um, but I've asked her to not really over, not, not overthink this, try to as best she can. I know that she's a woman, so I'll probably ask an impossible question. To kind of <laughs> clear your, clear the slate in that beautiful mind of yours. <laughs> And to receive this as we enter into the 12, you clearly know what this are. So I'm just going to ask, are you ready? No. She's taking a drink of vodka. Is it vodka or is it water? I'm not sure. Uh, All right. It's water. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Peanut butter, creamy or country? Crunchy. (laughs) That's the only one I already have the answer to. (laughs) <laughs> okay, good. We'll, we'll leave it there. Number two, if you could be any Star Wars character, who would you be? I, I forgot about that one. Um, hmm. I don't know why, but Chewbacca came to my mind. To mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, find I, it, I, 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 I find I, it so liberating. I find his ability to growl mm. and just be who he is so liberating. Do you have one of the Chewbacca masks? I don't. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you have yeah. to look it up. The look up the yeah the woman with the Chewbacca mask from years ago. Go look it up and laugh your butt off. You're welcome. Okay. okay. Um, number I'll get it to you. Um, number three. Um, what is your desert island food? Nuts, but a mixture. Nuts. It has to be cashews with almonds and peanuts. Ooh. Those are good. I'll take that. Uh, number four, um, beer or wine? Wine. What kind? Wine. Wine all the time. And it doesn't matter what kind? No, red. Red wine. Red wine. Okay. Good. Well, the little uh, UB40. You know, screw, on, screw on bottles. It doesn't matter if it's a box. It, red wine. Box wine. Box red wine. There you go. A little UB40 red, red wine. Uh, number five, um, what is your most memorable Christmas gift you received growing up? Oh, I know that one because we mentioned it in a meeting. The 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 little I forgot the name. Oh, the little oven. The little oven. Oh, the, the how easy bake ovens. Easy. Yeah, bake, that's easy right. Oven. Easy bake oven. Great memories. What was your favorite one. thing? What would you make? Like, what's one of the things you made in that? Chocolate cake. We made cakes mainly because the one we had, we got, it was for my sister and I, and we, it had these little cake molds. So we made cakes and cakes and cake. I think once we did a brownie, but I don't, I just, the cakes were the best. Yeah. And they Delicious. actually came out good. We made, we were really good. They weren't bricks nice. like Chris said. <laughs> Maybe you'll, actually- you'll, you'll have to make some and send them to him. So, yes. um, <laughs> That's Chris Ricketts we're, we're speaking about, one of our other coaches. Um, no, number six, uh, what is your bucket list city or country? Um, I would love to someday um, get to know all of Italy. I knew a couple mm. of, I know a couple of, uh, about three cities, but I would love to get to know every city. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, you, might, you might have to move there. Just a thought. Um, number, number seven. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Fly. 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 I always dream, especially in my younger years, um, 
I would always dream that I could fly away from trouble. Like in all of my nightmares, I fly away. But I fly swimming. Like I have to <laughs> run and then, and then give a little jump. And then I start swimming, like actually with my legs, you know, kicking and then swimming in the air. I, I, all I see is Peter Pan flying. That's, that's <laughs> all I've got going on here. You and tights and Peter Pan. Uh, so there we go. Um, whoever, whoever the woman was who played Peter Pan on Broadway, there, <laughs> that's you. So, all right. Um, number number eight. Um, have you seen The Chosen? Of course. Okay. Impossible question. What's your favorite episode so far? Okay, I haven't seen the last, the third session, so I'm third season, behind. Uh -huh. Third season, uh -huh. I mean. My favorite what? Scene or character? Your fa fa the impossible question, what's your favorite episode? Episode. Yeah, it's impossible. I told, um, I told you. <laughs> Oh, there's two that I always remember. One is when, when the, I don't know why, but it, it doesn't involve Jesus, actually. It's when the, when the rabbi tries to exercise Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. Mm, absolute and one. He and he doesn't, he can't. That episode struck me really strong, but that part of the episode. Mm, and, yeah. and the other one is, um, when he's playing with kids. Mm. It, I think it's when they were walking towards uh, towards the Holy City, like right at the end of the, towards Beautiful. the Easter. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I do, I do recommend Claudia continue your journey. Uh, season three is definitely worth watching. I'll leave it at that. Um, no spoilers. Uh, number, number nine, um, besides your name and date, what do you want written on your tombstone? I really, really hope I deserve, I earn that, that this, that it, that it says she loved. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, number 10, if you had to pick a favorite saint, only one, who would it be? Oh my God. Only one. Well, I do one. have one, not because I picked her, but because she, she, um, how do you say when you're someone is behind you all the time? She they're, they're stalking you. <laughs> yeah, she stalked thing? me. She stalked me. Saint Philomena. She stalked me till I yeah. took her devotion up. So she is beautiful. <laughs> um, just a side note to all those listening to this: Philomena is a very popular intercessor, but I've heard rumors that if you like make a promise to her, you better come through, or uh, she gets a little snippety. That's just a, that's what I, I've I've heard on that. That level. So I'm glad you have that devotion. She is a very powerful intercessor. We'll leave it there. She, um, she is. Number 11. If you were to be martyred, how would you like to go out? With a quick slit on the throat. <laughs> quick slit. <laughs> you going out. There you go. Got it. And number 12, Claudia, why be Catholic? Do you want to be happy? Mm. Freedom. I don't have another question. I don't, I don't, I don't have another response. I'm no. 
that's where I found my worth, my the pur my purpose, my meaning, and the one bridegroom groom that loves me and shall ever love me. Beautiful, beautiful, Claudia. You're off the hot seat. Congratulations. It's been an honor to have you on the Redeemed Vision podcast. Um, we are, um, we're, I'm delighted to, to have you as a, a guest here, but especially as a member of the team. Uh, you add so much value, and you also help to keep all the other boys in line uh, as well. So we're grateful for that, um, along with, along with uh, other, another, another um, very uh, important woman who will go unnamed at this moment. But um, uh we, I encourage all of you to take in what was shared here on the podcast. And Claudia, thank you for, for who you are for and for what you do, um, for the heart that you bring in all things. And I encourage you, if you want to get to know Claudia more, if you're feeling moved, then maybe I need to seek healing here. And you're a young woman. Uh, young women are not so young. It doesn't matter. Uh, we encourage you to, uh, to drop us a line and we'll put you in touch with Claudia. She'd be happy to receive you. So Claudia... Thank you so much, um, and, um, and God bless. We'll talk very soon. And for all of you who have uh, who have witnessed this episode, we want to thank you very much for the honor. Um, we ask you to uh, please like, please share this podcast, get the word out, and especially to uh, this is incredibly important, especially for for women who are experiencing a brokenness in their own sexuality. There is hope. There is healing. And so may everything we do give glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Remember, nothing is wasted and everything is redeemable. Until next time, I'm Steve Picorni on the Redeemed Vision Podcast. God bless. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Movie.